Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Thank you. What a joy. You can be seated, of course. And uh, it's great privilege, great joy to be with you today on any day. Um, but to celebrate 55 years is something really, really special. Um, I guess I've lived long enough, and some of you think it's 90-odd years. Well, it's not. <laughs> be more, just be kind, okay? Um, I'll be 75 next month. But I've lived long enough to see churches come and churches go. I've lived long enough to see movements come and movements go. Pastors come and pastors go. But I've also lived long enough to see those that have stayed the distance. And I want to really commend this morning those who have done the distance. You know, those who have been here for years and decades and decades. And I tell you what, Father is rejoicing this morning because he's found people faithful. Amen. This is not accidental. This, you know, when I look at what Equip is today, compared with Equip when I first got to know it, you know, that well, it wasn't Equip back then, but when I discovered this uh, young couple called Malcolm and Karen McLeod. And, uh, you know, I think about 70 people or something like that in a school hall or whatever. I can't even remember where it was now. Um, but it was a long time ago, nearly 30 years ago. And did I, I went in there and I, I knew the Lord had spoken to me about, oh, reaching nations, doing incredible things. Some of that was referenced to this morning. And I, I looked around at the small group of people and this young couple. And you know, aren't you glad that when you're flowing in the Holy Spirit prophetically, your brain doesn't get involved? <laughs> I mean, I was born in Ireland, you know, sorry, Irish people, but you know, um, so I'm Irish and I also often think, what a blessing the prophetic is, because then I don't have to think. Um, and I remember going into the hall that day and, and thinking, the word that God's given me to deliver. And then I look at who I'm delivering it to. And I think, well, I'm glad God isn't looking through my eyes. And I saw faithfulness, I saw godliness, I saw passion for Jesus, but I saw a young couple and I saw 70 people, but God didn't. God saw multiple thousands being impacted across the nations of the world and because he's not restrained by time like we are, on that day 28 years ago, whatever it was, he was looking at the present, but he was also looking at the future. And I tell you what, my friends, I come here to celebrate with you the 55 years that have been mentioned again and again. We do celebrate the past, but all oh, we are celebrating the future. But when we look through the eyes of our Father's intention, when we look through the eyes of God's will and purpose for the future, you've got to celebrate. How could you not celebrate? And so I, I asked the Lord, I said, I can preach on a lot of different things to do with celebration and all that sort of stuff. But I said, what do you actually want me to do? Don't you think that's already a good question? Do you know what my iPad just said to me? I don't recognise your face. <laughs> so I had to smile before it opened up my notes. 
It's, it's chronic, isn't it? I better, I better be careful. I can feel the Irish coming over me. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to get hold of a certain government mob the other day. And after my seventh attempt, seventh attempt, I finally got through. I felt like weeping because I finally got a voice on the end of the phone. And we'd been speaking for about a minute and a half when she said, it's about now that I should tell you that I'm not a human. I said, what? She said, I said I'm not a human, but um, I'm as good as any of my human colleagues. And, but if we get something complex, I can call one of my human colleagues in. I said, what? I'm speaking to a robot. I... I've lived long enough to appreciate people. I want to speak to people. Anyway, it's had nothing to do with the message. But as I was asking the Lord and just celebrating with you the incredible things that God has done by His grace through you as a local church, it's tremendous, it's incredible. And I said, Father, what's this the fruit of? Because if we understand what all of this, Equip International, if we see what it's the fruit of, then we know the keys to tomorrow's fruitfulness. Then we know what it is, what kind of people exist that draws the attraction of heaven, the supernatural of God, the, the expansion of the kingdom. And some of you business people, I didn't say it this morning in the earlier service, but I feel compelled to say some of you business people, that there are keys in the kingdom and they're different than the keys in the secular world. And you can be limited to your human expertise or you can step out of your human limitations into the supernatural of God and things can happen that, that you never think could possibly happen. And this young couple, Malcolm and Karen McLeod, heard this extravagant word of prophecy that came out. And I've never got, I've spoken about them all over the world because of their approach to what God said. I prophesied in churches and movements all over the globe. I'll tell you what, this was the first time I have ever had a couple say, if that's the word of God, then we must be responsible. And they wrote it up on this big board and they're taking it to the church Sunday after Sunday saying we're going to, and you know, that's what we're pursuing. And you know what, today it's a reality, but it's a, and so people say, well, that's the sovereignty of God. It's a sovereignty of God matched by the obedience of faithful people. <laughs> Miracles have never been the challenge obediences. God's got to find obedient hearts that are not going to wilt and crumble at the enormity of what He actually wants to get done. And so I felt the Lord say to me this morning, the phrase, the keeping of covenant. I said, what, what, what's, what's this the fruit of? He says, the keeping of covenant. And I, I leaned into that and I looked up the ordinary dictionary, you can too, I said, what is a covenant? And here's what it says. A binding agreement between two parties. A binding agreement between two parties. In other words, God looks for a man, a woman, a young person. 
And he, he, he comes to that person. And I remember when God came to me when I was 19 years old. Never forgotten it. He said, if you'll hear clearly and obey boldly, I'll empower you to do whatever I ask you to do. And that's a covenant. A covenant exists when God finds a man or a woman, a young person, and gives them a commission, gives them a calling, gives them an instruction, most often seemingly impossible, and then waits for that individual or that couple to respond with simple childlike faith and trust and dare to put their name to it, dare to step out, dare to proclaim it and pursue it. And because of their obedience and their trust and their faith, God says, now I will supernaturally accomplish everything I have spoken. What they cannot possibly do, I will do. That's the nature of covenant. When God made covenant with Abraham, the things he said to Abraham were impossible. But all he wanted from Abraham was a commitment of heart. All he wanted was a humble, dependent heart that would say, yes, Lord. I've got a book out there somewhere called, You Did What? And the reason it's called that is because we were trying to, it's a book of all the miracles and breakthroughs we've seen in our lives. Some of them are just, you'd read them and you think they're fiction, but they're not, they're true. It's amazing. And I remember we all sat around this big table and Margaret was out of the room and these top line gurus in their marketing and were coming up with a name for the new book and they brought up these great titles and there was amazing stuff. And Margaret just walked into the room and said, if you'd lived with him for 50 years, you know you could only call it one thing. You did what? And she said, that's the most common phrase in our house. You did what? And, and, and she says, when he goes out and he, he goes away for three or four hours of prayer and he comes in and he's going all pumping and you can see his Irish eyeballs going, she says, I cringe. And I say, you did what? Because... Our lives are not supposed to be a predictable, mundane, easy to handle stuff. We're called by God to live on the cutting edge. If you don't have a daily sense of dependence on Him, you're not living a supernatural life. God's got to find a couple. God's got to find a people. God's got to find an individual that will simply dare to trust Him. Dare to say yes and then enter that covenant with him. Because in 1989, in November 1989, God found a young couple, Pastor Malcolm and Karen, and said, if you'll honour me, if you'll passionately work for me, if you'll, if you'll keep a beautiful spirit, if you'll keep a humble heart, I'll do stuff and I'll, I'll, this is what I'm going to do for you. I tell you what, they abandoned their hearts not only to the Lord but to the work of the Lord. And because of their humility and because of their commitment and their deep resolve and resolve that had to carry them through some difficult times, God has honoured that covenant. Look around you. Look at what's happening in the nation. Look at what's happening in society through this one local church. Uh, God has kept His covenant. But God had to first of all find a man or a woman that would dare to make the covenant. 
Friends, I've said it twice. I'll say it again. Miracles never have been the challenge. Obedience. Simple childlike trust and obedience. You see, friends, I've learned something. Even us Irish can get hold of some things. Everybody wants to walk on water. But very few want to get out of the boat. Everybody wants a miracle testimony, but not too many want to be in a position where the miracle testimony is going to be necessary. You see, you don't know that God can hold you up until you step out of the boat. I've been there a few times. But time and time again, over the last 30 years, I've watched Malcolm and Karen, pastors Malcolm and Karen, come to moments which were so challenging, so daunting. And yet with simple childlike trust, they simply said, God, is this what you really want? And when they got that affirmation from the Lord and from their team that were around them and the, the board, etc., and when it was done correctly, of course, but, but, but the faith that that group got together and that which was impossible became a reality. And I, I feel that I'm, you know, this is coming out very different to the first service. But I feel burdened right now that many of you here have made covenants. You've made a personal covenant when you came to Christ. That, that wasn't a fire escape from hell. That wasn't you sliding your way back into heaven. That was you making a covenant, a binding agreement between two people. You said, I make you Lord of my life. And he said, if you make me absolutely Lord, I will absolutely empower you to live. And a lot of people who today say, I don't know why this happened, I don't know why that, you know. I'm, and they're blaming God instead of examining whether they've kept covenant. Marriages today, that's a forming of a covenant, binding agreement to two people. And I remember asking the Lord one day and saying, what's the difference masses of people make covenant, but very few keep them. So I said, what's the difference? And then I looked at people in the ministry, churches and all sorts come and go, but, but certain people have this supernatural quality about what they're able to achieve by God's grace. I said, what's the difference? What's the difference, Father? I, I remember looking at people in my own life, uh, um, those that influenced me when I was young, And those that kept on influencing me. I think of people like Kevin Connor. He's with the Lord now. But I think of people that were into their 80s and even some of them into their 90s were still bearing fruit and influence in my life. And I said, what's the difference here? And as clear as a bell, the Lord spoke to me and says, humility. Humility. You can't keep covenant without humility. Do you know why? You can't keep covenant with the Lordship of Christ without humility. Why? Because humility says you desperately need Him. 
Humility cries out and says, oh God, I need you every day of my life. And what's that? That's relationship. That's intimacy. That's communication. But with a proud heart, a proud heart normally spends most of their prayer time telling God how it should be done. Humility in a marriage. What enables a marriage to keep covenant? Humility. What destroys marriages? Pride. Business leaders, business, they start a business and they say, God, if you will bless this business, I will fund the kingdom of God. That's a covenant. That's a covenant. And it's so, what a joy it is to me to, to know one or two that actually kept their covenant. And today God's touching the world through those people, touching the world through them. But I've seen an awful lot of others who've made that same covenant. But the moment the coffers get full and the money gets in the pocket, it's amazing how you forget the covenant that you made. Friends, for, for the supernatural to continue in your life, continue in your marriage, continue in your business, continue in your church, for the supernatural of God to accomplish the impossible, you've got to keep covenant. God will always keep covenant. He will always be predictable in His faithfulness and His divine interventions on your behalf. But you've got to keep covenant. And I said, Father, what is it that makes the difference? What, what, what's the ingredient that enables a person to keep covenant? Humility. Another word for humility is the word dependence. How dependent are you? You know, last November, they informed me that um, I was cooked. Uh, um, all these blockages and they told me that 25 years ago but that's another story God intervened then and he intervened this time but he, this time he did it different and so I went in and I had a quintuple bypass they carved me down here they carved me here they carved me here they just went berserk okay and and uh they, you know, the average time on the operating a theatre for a bypass apparently is two and a half hours. I was seven and a half hours. They couldn't find anything else to butcher, so I guess. <laughs> but we talk about dependence, and I can I, I, people say to me that must have been a horrific time. Not really. It was a very dependent time. But you cannot know your, your acute sense of dependence without also knowing times of incredible intimacy. And that intimacy you have will change your life forever. Change your life forever. That's the difference. When you're walking in covenant, when you're walking in covenant, it's not all accidental, haphazard, you know, wonder what's going to happen next stuff. And a few months ago, well, 24th of April, I guess I'll never forget that date, um, our whole ministry centre burnt down in an inferno. You know, my office, 
the studio, uh, where our uh, PA was, uh, her home area, the lounge and all that, all the whole office thing went up in an inferno. And here's this 74-year-old nutcase out trying to beat it with a fire, with a garden hose, you know. And, and people say, oh, what a tragedy, what a tragedy. I, I don't have the time this morning, but I'd have to spend at least another 45 minutes if I was going to tell you the blessings that have come out of that. Was it hard at that time? Of course it was hard. But I wasn't an accident going somewhere to happen. I was a man under divine command. I was a man in covenant with my father. All we had to do to see a good outcome was to keep my position. I am his son. He is my father. We are in covenant relationship together. As long as I trust him, as long as I have confidence in him, as long as I am dependent on him, he will have the last say. I don't believe it. The clock says I've got another four minutes and 55 seconds. <laughs> Son of a gun. Now we part the Red Sea. <laughs> Friends, humility is the empowerment of covenant. If you want to get the rest of the message, get the tape from the first service. <laughs> because right now, I'm conscious, deeply conscious, I believe it's the Lord, of the next few years for you as an individual. It's wonderful they're celebrating today and I don't want to take away from that. But you know what? God cares about the individual. God cares about you. What's, what's your next year going to look like? What's 10 years from now going to look like? I can tell you now what it's going to look like. Or I can tell you at least what it depends on. It depends on your dependence. It depends entirely on to what degree your life is under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, most of you have made Him your Saviour, but unless your life is under His Lordship, unless you are living in covenant with Him, then, then your future is uncertain. But in Him, in Christ, in our relationship with our Father, boy, I could, if I had another hour, I'd talk just about who you really are as a son and a daughter of your Father. I'm not like a son unto Him. I am His son. And you're His son, you're His daughter. My Bible says you're begotten of His seed. By the Holy Ghost, you belong to Him. Keeping covenant, my friends. My closing moment, totally different to before, but my closing moments, I want to talk about the covenant you made with Jesus as king. Maybe you need to renew that this morning. I want to talk about covenant when God called you to a certain ministry or a certain outreach or a certain mission. And the years have gone by. Maybe you need to renew that covenant and say, God, I'm putting my hand up again. I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing. And don't say, well, now the years have gone by. I'm too old. Hey, look at who you're talking to. 
Father still has me putting up my hand for stuff over the next 10 and 20 years. Some of you marriages, maybe you need to make covenant again. Restore the first love passion. Let's pray. Father, Father, right now in the wonderful name of Jesus, Father, we just bind any force of independence or pride or self-sufficiency. It doesn't have a say right now. And in Jesus' name, I pray that every individual, every marriage, every family, every Christian business, every mission, and this local church as a whole, in their sense of complete dependence on you, Father, would volunteer to keep the covenant for another year, for another 10 years, for another 30 years, for another 55 years. Father, I pray that something of that which has been said today and the celebrations before it and all the beauty that we've seen, Father, will trigger within us such a holy passion to serve you with abandon. And Father, see the miraculous work of your Holy Spirit in the years that are to come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.